it's not for the 10 people who download whenever we release. <laughs> and it's not for, uh, you know, the the maker of Cordial Minuet to find me yeah, obviously, online. Obviously not for that, for Jason Rohr. Yeah. It is for, for our children. <laughs> right. This is a legacy <laughs> podcast. A legacy cast. Yeah. Uh, and so I wanted to talk uh, a little bit about um, parenting. Yeah. Um, I guess I kind of wanted to uh, maybe get an update on maybe some issues you've been facing sure. with your kids. I feel a little bit like um, my son hates it when we talk about him. Oh, really? Hates it. He was, he actually like. Does he listen to our podcast? No. He's he a, just doesn't like the concept. Play, he's a fan of our podcast because I'm doing it. He's the fan of me. Right. He, he's giving me like ideas. That will, that will not last. Yeah. He's giving me, <laughs> he's giving me ideas about the podcast I should think about doing, mm-hmm. even though he has not listened to a second of it. Okay. Um, and I do feel like I'm betraying him a little bit. Uh, if we do talk about parenting, um, but I think I'm just going to plow ahead and figure he's not going to, we're far enough in that I'm gone. Probably a good 10 years at least. If he's listening to this, I'm gone (laughs) off the face of the earth. If he's gotten this far, Uh he's missing his old man. And, uh, so, so I figure it, it's all fair game, right? Sure. Um, so first, I guess I wanted to to kind of get your overall ideas of like, did you know at a young age that you wanted to be a parent when you got older? Or was that something that you just kind of a question that you answered when it was presented later on in life? Um, I don't, I mean, I, 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 I guess I couldn't answer that just because unless I was at that moment, but I feel like a lot of my life, maybe a lot of my middle-aged life since I've settled down has been driven by the sort of unseen American dream force. You know what I mean? It's like at some some place in your conscience it's been so drilled into your head growing up in a middle class american family that at some point you get married you have kids you buy a house you buy a car. and i think a lot of that has just been motivated by that like right. i can't I, I mean and even like at one point when i'm in college i'm thinking to myself oh i want to get married and have kids i mean i mean i do remember having those feelings those feelings and those thoughts when I was in college but I don't know if those were genuine to myself mm-hmm. or if those were because of the college I was right. at you want to be an astronaut too the, when you're younger right, the community I was surrounded by right I'm not sure um so I, I mean I, I can say I think confidently I never in my life had like a truly like sort of like deep sense that like I want to be a father one day right Mm -hmm. you know what I mean um 
I think it's just something that I did because I was married and it's like, this is what you do when you're married after a couple <laughs> years. Right. And not that like, I didn't want to be a father. Right. Uh-huh. But it just is like, I think it's also is, is kind of like, you're never really prepared. Right. Like even if I were to have those feelings without having kids, I really don't know what those feelings mean. Right. Because I don't know what it means to be a father. I don't know what I was asking or what I was getting myself into. Mm-hmm. It just was maybe like a primal feeling or like I said, maybe like a subconscious thought that had been drilled into my head throughout, the, throughout my life. Something that really uh, resonates with me is like anti-consumerism, like anti the establishment, anti the American dream. I'm listening to the, I don't even know how to say it. The des the, the, you remember the, the, um, the the rock band that Connor Oberst did, yeah, Desaparecidos. Yes, and the entire album is just like teenage ang- angst, mm-hmm. anti-consumerism, mm-hmm. anti-family, anti-American dream. And that album, I just listened to that again for the first time in like years. It's good, and it's so good. Mm-hmm. But that stuff still really resonates with me, right? Um, not that I don't absolutely love being a father. You know what I mean? Like, like like my daughters are like the entire reason I'm alive right now. You know what I mean? Just like, I absolutely love being a father to them, Mm -hmm. but I don't think at any one time I could pinpoint or say like, yes, I want to be a a father. Like, like it was never a goal I was working towards, I guess it was just kind of something that happened. Like, like not in the sense of like, Oh, we're pregnant. Like we definitely tried to get pregnant. Right. Yeah. But it was never like, I don't know. It just was never like a driving force, I guess. Right. I feel like we need a third person on this panel because <clears throat> I want to know the perspective of somebody who actually planned it. You know? Right. Because like I, from the time they graduated from college, they're like, all right, I'm going to work mm-hmm, this job. Mm-hmm. Almost like Guy, right? Rob's friend Guy. Yeah. I feel like he's that type of person, right? Where he's like, all right, I'm going to work this job. I'm going to save this amount of money each paycheck. After so many months, I'll have this amount of money. With that, I can do this. And after that, we can do this, right? And yes. like plans it forward, right? Like with me or with us, it's just as like, all right, sure. <laughs> Why <laughs> no, not? No. Yeah. Yeah. It, I, feel like, I feel like that's how I approach parenting as well, where it's just like an unfolding set of kind of experiences that then I respond to kind of, you know, in the moment, but where the answer seems kind of self-evident, like, I don't know where it came from. Like, I think there's some people who probably like plan their parenting. I kind of, you know, I remember reading all these books. Yeah. Like when Elise was pregnant and being like, I'm going to, I got to learn about this stuff, you know? And then you kind of realize like a lot of it is basically like the first few years is like keep the child alive. Mm-hmm. Like, there you go. Right. And from there, you can go anywhere with your parenting style. Right. I spank, I time out. I speak multiple languages to my child. Mm-hmm. I, you know, kind of there you go to private school or whatever else. I've never been one to like look ahead. It's stuff like that. Yeah. And that is not an endorsement of my way of life. Right. <laughs> that is 
me saying that I do that out of a necessity of my my brain is forcing me to only consider today. Right. And uh but you know, I feel like I don't know if it's just because I I only uh, that's the way I process the world, but parenting has felt pretty natural. Have you had that too where it's like you didn't plan for like I didn't plan for it. I didn't see it coming. Mm-hmm. And then you have a kid and then you just like start doing it and then you kind of know when you're doing it right and you kind of know when you're doing it wrong. Like do you have that same kind of impulse? It's like a parental conscience I almost attribute it to. Like like I know when I'm being like overbearing. Like I right. know when yes. I'm not living up to the standards yeah. I, like that I would want to have as a father when I'm like, and sometimes it was like when he was a baby and I'm like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. I've never done leave me alone. Right. But you know what I mean? You snap at him or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I think it, for me, it's more of uh like uh, whether or not I feel bad after I've done something or said something, I guess that could be the same thing as like right or wrong. But I, I'm in the same boat where like, I'm not like I have, I don't, I haven't read anything. I'm not like, I'm not like thinking <laughs> about my actions <laughs> further than the moment I'm in. Right? right. But then my fears are like, like maybe if I'm like replaying the day in my head at night or something, or, uh, I'm thinking about it at work or something where I'm thinking like, you know, five, 10 years down the road, is my kid going to be doing X because I kept doing Y when they were a kid. You, mm. you know what I mean? Like, but that's a kind of a rare occasion. And then I'm kind of, I'm, I'm more or less just like in the moment, kind of just like <clears throat> dealing with like what's coming at me. I I'm, think, I think a good, a good, uh, kind of, uh, idea or concept to, to test this out on is like screen time with your kids. Yeah. What's your approach to, because again, there are some people who I know like they play, like they, they're like screen time, starting the timer. You guys get 45 minutes and that is it. And then timer's off. And then they're making their kids like make, you know, beads out of, right. Uh, you know, their, their little like necklace kid or, doing art with Cheerios, like, you know what I mean? Like what, what's your approach to, I mean, we don't have set rules on that. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's more based on feeling, but I mean, one way I approach it is I, I, I mean, like most things I'm conflicted on it because I have a hard time not kind of being sympathetic with all sides of the argument, you know? Yeah. So I want my kids to, I want my girls to be able to play with each other and to play with their toys and have an imagination, right? And to be able to just sit in a room with each other and play, right? And not have to have an iPad or a TV or something to like look at, right? Or to want to go outside and they do. Uh, but at the same time, like I think about like I s- for a living, I look at a computer for eight hours <laughs> out of the day, you know what yeah. I mean? And 
in the way our society is going and the way technology is going, that's not going to lessen. It's only going to increase, increase, right? Mm -hmm. And I feel like the sort of the attitude of like, um, suppressing any sort of screen time whatsoever is, is detrimental just because like, by the time my kids are in school, I mean, Sophia's starting school next year or this year or whatever. They're going to have to know how to use an iPad. Like, and by the time they're in high school and college and working a job, like these are things they're going to have to be intimately familiar with more so than I was at their age, right? Mm -hmm. Like that's just the way the world works. That's the way it's going. So I'm not at all opposed to screen time. And it's like, at the same time, it's like, it's, it's an easy solution to, uh, so I can relax for an hour, right? Instead of having to hover over their shoulders or to do whatever. But at the same time, when they've spent too much time watching TV in the mornings, eating breakfast, I start to feel bad. Right. And it's like, okay, that's enough. It's time to like, let's like do something right. Let's not just sit in front of a screen and eat our breakfast. I don't think that's bad. Right. I don't think it's bad to, for them to eat breakfast and watch and at the same time it's like i'm conflicted because like yeah a lot of screen time maybe it's like indicative of me being lazy Mm -hmm. maybe it makes me a bad parent but sophia and charlotte wouldn't know 75 percent of the stuff that they know if they didn't watch pbs right if they didn't have like and we like they have ipads right and i put we put educational games on there. I mean, they're still games, but they, we try and make them educational. They would not know, even probably like 95% of the stuff they know, if it was not for those iPads or like like PBS that they watch. Like they know their ABCs. They know how to count to whatever, 50, 60, whatever. Like they're smart kids because of that stuff. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I don't know if it's like the stigma that comes along with it. Like I still feel bad if they've looked their iPad for too long or if they've been watching TV for too long, I feel like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or if we've spent the majority of their day inside doing those things. I still just feel bad. Even though I think, like, logically, I don't think it's a terrible thing. Yeah. Because I think that's the one thing that you, you kind of touched on it that people forget in the alarmist studies about screen time is that we are moving to more screens like they are we we will i almost feels like we will have to adapt or die mm-hmm. <laughs> like the 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 telephone that I'm holding in my hand will eventually be my death or we're going to adapt the technology to help with our development to help address some of the issues that we fear will happen yeah and i don't think that there's been enough time to prove any of anything definitively i could be off on that Mm -hmm. Uh, maybe i'm in my own self-delusional bubble sure but i feel like for me when it comes to parenting it's much more like about feel than it is about theory and i've never kind of read a holistic theory that to me like represented a full understanding of parenting 
even when I was reading the baby books and like how to be a good father and so like I and that even goes into like your professional life or Malcolm Gladwell, you know, the tipping point, any kind of theory on leadership and stuff. I find all of those things are like, yeah, you got a piece of the puzzle there, but you're not you're you're not kind of representing the whole. Yeah. And so the same thing with like screen time is I feel like it's kind of about feel and about, again, listening to that like parental conscience of like, I know when Indy's on the screen too much. Right. Sometimes my response is, okay, shut it down. We're going to go wrestle on the bed upstairs, mm-hmm. even though that like, I'm going to get hurt. You're going to hit me in my nuts a few times. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's not going to be too much fun for me, but it's yeah. like, it's going to be active for you. It's raining outside or whatever, or, you know, we'll, we'll take walks, you know, and stuff like that. Um, but sometimes I, I hear that voice and I go, yeah, I'm not, I don't want to go on a walk. Yeah, I don't want to wrestle yeah. with them. I got nothing to offer them. Right. So let them, let them continue watching. Yeah. And I just, I don't feel, and, and again, maybe this is an excuse that like the weight of his development is on the shoulders of he watched too many Netflix shows or mm. I guess the thing too is like, you're, you're going to probably experience it as you know, your girls get older, which is like parenting. I feel like for, for me still, it just ramps up. It just keeps ramping up because when they're a baby, you're just kind of concerned with their like felt needs. Mm -hmm. And then you think like, I just can't wait to like sleep through the night. But you know, your girls have been sleeping through the night, right? Yeah. Has parenting gotten like discernible, discernibly easier since they like slept through the night from a baby to like now when they're, you know, coming out of their toddler mm-hmm. stages, like I'm going to anticipate probably not. Right. Like their, their needs and their demands like scale up. Sure. Yeah. 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 And it just keeps doing that. So until the point where I feel like you're able to be like, okay, mommy and daddy are going to go have some alone time and get away from you. And you can actually watch yourself. You know, that I think is when parenting probably takes a turn into like, now things are getting easier. Now I'm just terrified at what they're doing now that I'm not there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, like, so screen time, all that stuff to me becomes more of a crutch uh, because it's exhausting to be a parent or like, you know, I'll come home from work and, you know, with my commute, I'm walking home a little bit before six. Mm-hmm. Elise gets off before me, so maybe she's like cooking dinner, and then I'm like maybe trying to help with that or uh, just trying to like sit down for a second. Mm-hmm. But I have about forty five minutes before or a half hour before like dinner's ready, eat dinner, and then you know you're cleaning the kitchen maybe or whatever, and like Indy's starting his bedtime routine. Like that's that's it. Like, mm-hmm. That's the night, and you can't really like program a lot. And maybe that's, maybe I need, again, we need that third panelist to be like, actually Keith, you can program your child to have like, Oh, you can squeeze in a good hour of family time in there. But I find that indie watches like YouTube a lot during those times. I'm like the half an hour of them sitting on the couch before dinner, the, you know, half hour of them cleaning up the kitchen after dinner. Mm -hmm. And then we sing on the, you know, potty. And then we read to him every night like that. That's like my time with him. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, man, it's like, I don't know. I, I have no 
way to gauge how I'm doing as a parent, which is kind of alarming. At the same time, I don't want anybody to like right. grade me. I'd be like, stay out of it. Like, we're yeah. fine. We're doing okay. Yeah, I think that's the... I think like like you said before, you can read a a book, and I, and this and I and this is the same sort of thought that I apply to pretty much everything in my life. Is that you, you can't like there's no one voice or one perspective that kind of sums everything up. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you can read a book about raising a kid, but ultimately your kid even in you know small ways is going to be different than every single other kid other kid that's ever lived you know what i mean like maybe not in a significant sense but like yeah in a, in a way that's going to have to cause you to adapt yeah you know what i mean mm-hmm. and i i i think too the thing that makes it so complicated is like there's there's two people raising the kid right so it's like i'm sure what feels right to you when you're dealing with indy maybe doesn't feel right with a with elise and and not right but like just feels different to elise you know what i mean like she would handle it differently just like when i'm with uh, like some of the stuff i do with the girls julie would handle differently you know what i mean so that also makes it complicated for me, at least like, like me and Julia handle things differently. And so it's like, <clears throat> do, you know, maybe we need to do a better job of coming together on that. But at the same time, like, <clears throat> you know, who is right and who is wrong is mm-hmm. maybe nobody's right fully right. Nobody's fully wrong. There has to be some kind of compromise, but. How is your, cause you're, you're, we, we kind of talked about this before, but your daughters, I feel like they have always had, especially your, your youngest one has always had like a discernible take on the world <laughs> from a very young age, you know? Right. And how are you dealing with like as their personalities are coming up right. and as they're starting to like formulate like ideas and concepts, like are you trying to get ahead of those things and kind of explain things to them and like, you know, kind of lead them down ways that you want them to think about things? Are you again, like more of reacting to like when they ask you a question, it's like, that's where I'm answering it. And I'm just kind of letting, trying to let them like, figure it out on their own. And then I'm just alongside. I think, yeah, I think that's one of the big differences between me and Julia is that she tends to really like dig into that stuff and try and like analyze that stuff. And I would say overanalyze it. Whereas I'm just kind of like, you know, they're three and four years old. They're toddlers. Just they're, they're so, going to do whatever. They so is do. your, is your expectation that like your youngest daughter will be kind of have almost, almost grow into a completely different person than how she is now? Um, yeah, probably maybe not completely different, mm-hmm. but like, 
like I think the the example that sticks out to me the most is like Charlotte, who's the youngest one. She's like, I, I mean, and some of it too is just like, I, I think as a parent you start to notice and realize how arbitrary some stuff is right. when you're a kid. Like, my girls are at a point to where like they basically have to like the opposite of each other, right? Not in like a competitive way or even like a negative way, but it just is like if Sophia likes one thing, Charlotte, it's almost like an indicator for Charlotte. So now she thinks, oh, if Sophia likes this, I have to like the other thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like Sophia loves pink stuff. Charlotte loves blue stuff, right? Sophia likes the <laughs> all the nice characters in the movie. So Charlotte's going to like all the mean <laughs> characters in the movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> And I don't think that that is like indicative of uh, like deeper connection or sort of like mm-hmm. a deeper meaning for Charlotte. I just think it's kind of like an arbitrary. We're just sort of like trying to make sense of the world in our own toddler way. Yeah. But like, you know, at, at, at one point, Julia was like, why does Charlotte like all the boy characters in the movie? Why does she identify with all the boy characters in every show or movie or whatever she watches? And I just kind of feel like I just am not mm-hmm. concerned with it, I guess, just because right. I feel like she's three. She doesn't really know what she's doing or, you know what I mean? Some like the choices she's making. She's just, I feel like a lot of it is just kind of, she's, is playing off her sister and it just is, I don't know. A lot of it just seems arbitrary to me. You know yeah. what I mean? I, I am in complete agreement to you. I, I, I feel like, or with you, I feel like a lot of times <clears throat> people give their children far more credit and not, not in a, like my child's the best or my child's the fastest. And really they're, they're not, but just in a fundamental way of like your child is not critically engaging the world yet, right it you becomes know? a pattern more than anything right right like like sometimes like in, and for me it kind of goes back to you know I, I come from more of like a religious background and there there is this idea of like look, look at my son be able to like quote this obscure passage of whatever right. And it's like, you know that you, right? that's a reflection on you. Yeah, yeah, you, know, yeah. you, you know that your child right. cannot sustain a conversation beyond just standing up in front of people and rattling off these words that they don't fully understand, but they know it like makes you smile. So it's like, right. that is it. Yeah, exactly. They're just imitating what they think will get them a reaction what they got before, right? Like the very first time Charlotte was ever like, I like the bad guy. I was probably like, what? what? <laughs> right. And so every point forward, I think part of that is probably her looking for that reaction yeah. or knowing like, if I do this, it will get me this reaction. Right. And it's like, uh, the show blues clues, right? Like the one thing that stuck to me about that show is that they played the same episode every single day for a week because kids like the repetition. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's like all they're looking for is that sort of repetition. Right. All they're looking for is like they they want to know what the outcome is going to be. Exactly. Exactly. And and that's that's the thing that I've noticed about Indy. Like he hates not knowing what an outcome is. Yeah. Once he understands an outcome, like he wants me to tell him the ending of a story so he can 
like understand where everything's going. He right. hates not knowing. Um, but you know, like I, I remember taking, uh, taking out of a religious context. Like, I remember one guy was like m- bragging. Well, not he was bragging, but he, I think he was genuinely like, uh, impressed by his son who like literally knew all the dimensions on the Titanic. And <laughs> like, he knew everything about how it sunk and how many people were on it. Right. And the, and the guy was like making his son, like, he's like, and tell him this. He's like, he knows everything. I wanted to be like, you know, that probably started with your son being like, dad, you know, the Titanic was a big boat that sunk. Right. And you looked at me like, nah, and we're like, Oh wow. Really? Yeah, yeah. That that's really interesting. And then he like found one more thing, you know, it hit an iceberg. Right. And you like just nodded at him. Like you perpetuated all that knowledge. Every detail that he knows is to get that reaction, that affirmation from you. Do you really think that your six-year-old gives a crap about the Titanic? Right. Like, and he was like trying to make it like, my son's going to be a, I don't even know, like a historian or he's going to, it's like, no, like, I don't care if your kid like is obsessed with space I feel like we're we're kind of pushing it, but my son is eight. I still don't give him any credit that he knows what he's talking about, about pretty much anything, you know, Uh like he has no kind of critical engagement with his later profession with the policy. He hates Trump and he hates a wall. But because he like hates the wall, like he did, doesn't like that idea, but he doesn't understand what it means. You know what he's on about right now? He is very concerned with the way that Native Americans are portrayed in films of like, like <laughs> older films. Like uh-huh. he hates that Native Americans are always presented as the bad guys. Uh-huh. And he's like, it really like bothers me. It really makes me sad that they're always portrayed that way. Number one, they're not mm-hmm. like he has a case that generally, yes, that's true. But we could, you know, if you want to get like, you know, I think I'm going to side with Indy on this one. Yes, yes they yeah. are. <laughs> okay. No, no. I'm, I'm going to say yes. But, but what I'm saying is like, like we could sit down and like exchange films and, and I could show him like films where. They are not sure, like, but you would, but the majority, he right, is right in the majority right. sense, but he got, and, and I'm saying that again, not, not, he is right in the majority sense, but what I'm saying is that critically, like I could say, well, you know, son, technically there are these recent films that don't, and he, he'd have, he no, wouldn't know how to talk. He wouldn't about know how to counter it. Right. Like, yeah. and, and so I could use only, you know, films after 2000 to make my point and right. he wouldn't be he able to be like well dad i'm making a generational <laughs> argument here you know um so anyway i could rip him to shreds but i could get him to not care about that uh-huh. in a heartbeat the other thing too is i think he got it from i wasn't watching the youtube video but he's watching all the like 10 things you need to know about like right. american cinema sure and somebody said that and that stuck out to him yeah and so you know like listen my child is empathetic, maybe overly empathetic. Uh, he's very concerned about people being treated right. That is just getting expressed in this concern for Native Americans and their portrayal in like old black and white films, which he's never seen. He does not watch old right. films like that, right? <laughs> and so, like, I could sit there and be like, "Oh my gosh!" Like, put a microphone in front of this yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. Right. Like, you know, we need to get him like 
speaking truth. Like I could make a YouTube video about my son, you know, like in his insights on like racial equality in film, or I could be like, that's a interesting thing for an eight year old, you know, my eight year old to be obsessed about right now and concerned about. And then I'll just wait for it to change into the next thing about like, uh, he's, he's concerned now about how like, dragons are portrayed in fairy tales and they're always spitting fire and you know what i mean like it could be anything so it's like i'm glad mm-hmm. that it is something that actually has some kind of real world you know application but that's incidental right. and i'm also not like using that to like make points like son you're right let's actually like dig into what it means to be represented by you know media mm-hmm. uh he's eight he's yeah he's freaking eight years old yeah and so like I don't know when that will change into like, oh, my son is actually developing like a, like a complex social kind of identity and construct. Mm-hmm. And maybe some of the bedrock of that is being formed in him as an eight year old. But by no means am I like concerned about making him like know the Gettysburg address and what's the bill of rights. And you know what I mean? Like some parents are just so into like, helping explain the world to their children mm-hmm. where it's like, I kind of want my son to back into stuff and bump into stuff and kind of like figure stuff out on his own and mm-hmm. be wrong and be like, Hey, it's okay. You're wrong. And you're nine, you know? Right. Uh, but what would you do if Indy came up to you and he was like, dad, look, there's a black entertainment television. Why is there no white entertainment television? Answer me that, huh? <laughs> Riddle me that, dad. Yeah, you know what? Well, I mean, it's like, it's, and you've experienced this too. Like a lot of times kids have a binary kind of interaction with the world. Like mm. things are, you know, black and white. Like why is this that way? Why is that, that why aren't, you know, like, and again, you could get any child that you've seen on a YouTube video where it's like, listen to these kids. Like there's that one going on. I think we talked about it in here one time with like the girls who, uh, little girls who were saying like the F word, but it was like, but you're not as concerned about like a gender equality. Like I forget. Do you remember that? Uh-uh. It was it was going around. It was you can still find it, and they're like making like a social point about mm. it's like. Those girls are parroting whatever words you say. Right. Like I could get them, like you could probably get them all to say like extremely racist things. You know what I mean? Uh, just by saying like, this is what we want you to say. Just as easy as it is to get them to say like, I care about gender equality, you know, which I do. And I want yeah. you to be, be aware of those things too. I just don't know that it is, you know, that it's something that I need to be discerning and 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 discre- you know kind of detailing for my son at this stage of his life and development that it's like I'm still concerned that he knows how to get, say his ABCs in order you know what I mean and like I'm worried right now about his handwriting like uh-huh. you know what I mean like you can't read that stuff for anything right and his spelling is atrocious yeah. like those seem to be like things to be concerned and worried about the social stuff is, is, are things that he's picking up on because I think they're they're getting more they're easy to access yeah. these kind of social concerns, but the fact that he's parroting them does not mean that like this is an opportunity to like turn my child into a sensitive social kind of socially conscious 
a force in his second grade, you yeah. know? Just as a little bit of a tangent to the earlier, to the thing you just said, when was the last time you've had to write something to somebody, though? And when was the last time you've had to actually know how to spell something, right? Yeah. Like, everything you do is, it's, it's typed out on yeah. your phone or on your computer, and it comes with, like, a little dotted red underline if you spell it wrong. Listen, the... I mean, you basically, at this point, you have to have a ballpark idea of what you're trying to spell. And that's pretty much it. You don't need anything more than that. <laughs> the 0.1% that you would ever have to write in, like, handwrite something mm -hmm. in my son's lifetime is enough for him to work on his handwriting. If you were to see his handwriting right now, you would say that is the handwriting of a crazy person <laughs> or, like, of, like of somebody who makes ransom notes. Yeah. Like, that is it's it's frightening but we're i'm dealing with that too where like sophia her handwriting is uh i wouldn't say bad for four it's a four-year-old's handwriting mm -hmm. but then like we went to one of these classes right oh, and, there's and we saw another four-year-old's handwriting and it was like immaculate it was yeah. like better than mine right and it's which isn't saying much i guess because my handwriting's really bad you know but it's like how do i get so you know why they got there level? Because mom and dad <laughs> smiled at them when they wrote a D the right way. Uh -huh. And then they thought, this is it. This yeah. is how I get, I get them to do those smiles. I'm that iPad into their face every chance I get. Right. Indy gets, gets rewards just for like, hey, son, you've been, you've been good. Right. Like, here you go. <laughs> like, I'll buy you a little something. Like, right. we've set the bar so low that I think he's yeah. like, yeah, my handwriting can be sure. terrible. Mom and dad, like, they love me. Here, you ate dinner without throwing a fit. <laughs> you can have a treat. <laughs> yeah. And he's always been, you know, so I, I don't know, man. Like, I feel like, you know, wh when it comes to, I I kind of like that. It's, it's I always think about the, uh, the image on The Simpsons when Bart, uh, is almost like adopted by Flanders mm -hmm. and <clears throat> they want to baptize him. And there's a scene where like Homer and Marge and all of them are like driving, trying to get to the river to stop this baptism. And the Flanders are all in the water and Bart is like, finally sees what it's like to be part of like a functional kind of collective he's like gonna get baptized and he's like about it's about to happen and the simpsons arrive and they all run to stop it and there's this image that shows like bart and the flanders in this like crystal clear blue water and then it pans over to homer and marge and lisa and all them and they're like literally in a swamp like a dirty swamp <laughs> and like begging Bart to come back to like the swamp with them. Yeah. <laughs> and there's a part of me that is like, I think I've, I've modeled my life out of that. And I think that I, I have taken it to heart that like, especially going, just touching really briefly back on like the religion idea that there is this performative aspect that's, that's re to religion that is, us living up to expectations of our parents or community. There's more about that. Like Bart wasn't going to like get baptized because now he like 
had this deep understanding of like their faith. Mm-hmm. He was going because he just wanted to be part of like a functional community. And that, that is what people buy into. Like that's what they're responding to. I think a majority of the time they're not responding to like, Hey, I've critically thought and engaged these things. And I like what it has to say. They're saying, I, I just want the, the kind of like approval of a community. And I can have the community of the swamp people or of this like crystal clear water, at least the people who, who try and project themselves as like the crystal clear water people. Um, but it's like, you know, I want to own, like, we're all in a swamp. Like I want to own like, yeah, my kid, like, yeah, my family's swamp people to a yeah. lo- to a certain extent. And you know what? Good. I'm glad that we're swamp people. Like, my son's handwriting will come along. Right. At some point, it'll be fine. I know a lot of smart people have terrible handwriting. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that, that'll be fine. He knows how to read. He's happy. Like, to me, it's like, those were always, like, the boxes that I was concerned about. And as long as they were, like, checked off, mm-hmm. like, I was good. And I think I still am. But, it like, it, it makes you sometimes feel like, like you said, like you see another four-year-old handwriting, you're like, oh my goodness, right. like that's that. There's a standard, yeah. you know what I mean? But it's like, I don't know, man. Like some of that stuff will come, or you don't know. Like that child might just have crippling anxiety at the age of four, right. you know, because of the expectations on them. Like you, yeah. you don't know. Um, it's like it's like the 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 tiger mom stuff that, mm-hmm. that blew up a few um, years ago now, where uh, you know she like has a strict regiment for her children, yeah. you know, and, but it, it produces results, but it's like, yeah, it produces, produces like short-term results. Like, you know what I mean? Like I didn't know what I wanted to be until I was 30, mm-hmm. you know? And even then it was just a vague notion. Right. It's like, even like, now, I don't know what I want to be. I don't know. So I, I just wish I was raised more in a community that was like, Hey, you don't know what you want to be. Okay. That's fine. Mm-hmm. Not, you know what you want to be where well, you got to figure it out. You know what I mean? Maybe that laissez-faire attitude is going to come back to bite. Yeah, I don't know. I, I because I I tend to have the same atti- the same attitude. But then, like, I think it was just what is today Thursday. Mm-hmm. So maybe it was on Tuesday, where it's like we're in a weird place getting our kids to take a nap because I think Sophia is. Old, maybe not old enough, but Sophia is in a place where she just doesn't need to nap anymore. Like if we have a particularly busy day um, or if she didn't sleep well, she'll take a nap or we'll have her take a nap. But if it's just a, a normal average day, she doesn't need a nap. Charlotte could probably use more sleep than what she gets, but because she shares a room with Sophia, she just doesn't get it. Um, But then on like Tuesday... Uh, Julia texts me and she's like, the girls just will not go down for a nap. And it's been like an hour after they were supposed to nap. And typically I don't put them down. Like I stay home with the girls four days out of the week. Typically I do not put them down for a nap just because it's usually more of a hassle than Mm -hmm. it, than it, than putting them down for a nap. So I'm just like, if it's, 
So I just feel like if it's this much of a, hap- a hassle getting them to nap, then they just don't need to nap, right? right? Like maybe they just don't want to nap. And for the most part, they're fine. Maybe they get a little grumpy towards the end of the day at this point, but it's like for the most part, they're fine. And we've got plenty of stuff that we can do all day long, right? We can go to the park, we can do whatever. But she's like, I'm going to make these kids nap, right? And so from my perspective, I'm thinking, just let them stay up, right? They Mm -hmm. obviously don't want to nap, so just don't make them nap. But she thinks they need to nap, right? So, and she's just texting me this at work that they won't nap. And I'm telling her basically this, like, I don't put them down for naps normally. If, if it's that much of a hassle, I feel like they probably just don't need to nap. And I'm just fine with moving along, right? Uh, but anyways, after an hour, they go to sleep. Right? <laughs> like They're tired and they go to sleep. So it's like, and I come home from work. And then they're in their middle of the nap. And after 30 minutes, like after a two hour nap, more or less, I go upstairs to wake them up and they're still so tired. They did. They just don't want to wake up. Right. So it's like, I'm left to think like, well, who is right in this situation? Right. Mm -hmm. Because I'm thinking, and it's like, I'm thinking they don't need to nap. And I think they would have gone throughout the day, had a normal day without a nap and been fine. But Julia thinks they should have napped. And guess what? They went to sleep and they wanted to nap enough that when I tried to wake them up, they just wanted to sleep more. So it's like, who knows? I don't know who's right in that scenario. I guess we're both right because either one would have worked out. Yeah. But it's like, I I think that's how probably most of parenting is. You just sort of feel it out and whatever feels right to you. But I mean, at the same time, then you look at like, we were talking before, like the daddy O five stuff on YouTube. And it's like, don't do that. Right. Well, but I mean, like, and I guess it is what we were saying earlier is like, I don't know what we're saying earlier, but it's like, is that guy doing what he thinks is right? Like, I guess what I was saying earlier is like, I can't, I can't look at this guy, this daddy of five stuff. I can't look at him and, and believe that he honestly thought what he was doing was the right thing to do. And really quick, he's a YouTuber who got like low level YouTube fame, right? Like they weren't, yeah, they I mean, weren't they were making in, a living off of it. Apparently. Yeah. And, and it was basically just, they got five kids. Right. And they're going to prank their kids. Right. And they're doing pranks, but ultimately it's just child abuse. It's it, just child it was abuse. literally child abuse. Yeah. And make the kid cry. And right. It got physical at some point, right. cursing your kids. It was, and I can't look at that guy and I can't look at that stuff and I can't think just like I, I I just can't look at him and think like he honestly thinks what he's doing is right like I feel like which is like the same thing with like Alex Jones weirdly right it's like I can't honestly look at this and think what they're doing or saying they think that that is right like I feel like they have to know that daddy of five guy has to know somewhere in the back of his <laughs> mind or even in the forefront of his mind, he's just push, <laughs> pushing it to the side for the money that what he's doing is wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I, at what point do you get that to that level? Like that's something else I'm always struggling with. Like, you know, obviously we, we've talked about a lot on, on here, but you have people who are like perpetuating just lies or just like, bad idea mm-hmm. so they're just 
easily refutable right. about like, no, that's wrong or that's not right. Or, and yet they, they do it and they do it every single day and they just keep doing it. And mm-hmm. you're thinking at the forefront of your brain, you have to be like, just saying, um, I'm sidestepping this. I'm just, you know, I'm not going to deal with it. Mm-hmm. But at some point, I think you do kind of get to a point where you're like, no, I am justified in what I'm doing because of whatever I'm providing for my family or it's all a joke or, you know, like with the daddy of five thing and you just end up justifying your behavior. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if, if I want to sympathize with, with like the daddy of five guy, it would probably be like the screen time going back to that where it's like, I know sometimes like, Oh my, like too much. It's too much. Mm-hmm. And he's not watching educational stuff. He's watching YouTube videos right. where basically people scream yeah. all the time. Like really that kid stuff. Yeah. It's, yeah. Man, all you have to do is just play a really crummy PC game mm-hmm. and just yell and laugh at nothing. Yeah. And like that will keep people going and he will watch that stuff. And he will like, if I let him go, he won't ever be well no he will he even his brain will get (laughs) right but but it'll take a long time yeah and and i feel like you know in those moments i'm like it's okay or i need this Mm. or i'll i'll make it up at bedtime you know whatever it is which is a total like cop out yeah i think i think we all do it to to some extent i think the problem is is you know with some of like with the daddy five stuff is you're getting some kind of a response that is saying like, Oh, keep going. This is good. And it allows you mm-hmm. to, you know, kind of circumvent some of those warnings that yeah. would be readily apparent if he only had like five viewers. And he was like, why am I pushing my kid into a bookshop? Mm-hmm. Like for five viewers, it's not, maybe it's not giving me the return or maybe he just wants to abuse his kids. And he's like, I'm good. I got five years. And yeah. there's another reason to shove him down the stairs now. Yeah. You know? But I think you, uh, I think you ended us on a good note, you know, just kind of, I think, and I think you're right. You were both right. A lot of times parenting comes down to that. Like, is it this or that? It's both. It's some combination of both. And, you know, moderation is probably good in all things, you know? Uh, so, you know, don't screen time a hundred percent of the time, but, uh, you know. Yeah. And that's the thing I think about too, like growing up now i was the only child growing up but like the only thing i really remember from being a kid and maybe this is sad or depressing (laughs) but like the only thing i remember is like playing video games right playing video games watching movies Mm -hmm. watching college basketball by myself or if i was watching college basketball probably with my dad but like doing all these things by myself, but most of them revolved around a screen. Like, and I loved it, right? Yeah. And even now, as a thirty-four-year-old adult, I would love to do those things. I don't get to anymore, really. But <clears throat> it's also something I think about when I think about like, am I giving them too much screen time? And it's like I start to feel bad about it. But I, then I also think like, well, that's how I grew up, mm-hmm. and. Maybe it's not a great thing, but, and my parents were probably less aware of it than I am, 
mm-hmm. and less like right. conscious about it than yeah. I am, self-conscious about it than I am. Um, so that's got to be a good thing, right? Yeah. <laughs> like that has to play into the equation a little bit. Um, so, so, but uh, yeah, I think it's like, like it just is like a weird, it's, it's like a, it's like a weird thing that everybody or a lot, a huge amount of people go through, but there's, it's so personal that you can't fully like relate or justify it to anybody else. You know what I mean? It's like, even though I'm going to a class, I take my girls to a class at the library with 10 other kids who do 10 other weird things. The one weird thing my kids do make me feel self-conscious to everyone Mm -hmm. else, even though all those other kids do weird things too. You know what I mean? They're just kind of like, I guess that's what parenting is. I suppose. Kids are weird and gross and, and dumb. And like, it's okay. Like, it's okay to like, those are, you know, if I was going to write like a parenting manual, I think it would be called like constructive insults. Sure. I would have a chapter that would just be like, repeat after me. And it would just be like, just kind of low level general insults about your child. just to help orient you and them in like the grand scheme of things. Like your child is not the universe Mm -hmm. and your child is not like the best thing to ever happen in the history of the universe. You know what I mean? And, and at, or they're not like smart and that is okay. Yeah. Like that is okay. Like just take your child as they are and parent them accordingly. And I think that would go a long way into like helping navigate the, you know, like, you know, I look at basically the, one of the few things you can absolutely say for sure about parenting is don't get your kids involved in show business. Right. (laughs) That is kind of like, any kind of fame, sure. movies, music, like they're not equipped because they are children and there's no way that you can justify it because we haven't seen it happen mm-hmm. where it's like, no, princess was meant for the stage at eight. Sure. And look at her now at 21, totally adjusted and just, mm-hmm. you know, taking life like everybody else. You know, sure. I feel like those are like the faults of the parent, you know, nine times out of 10. Yeah, absolutely. And so I, I just feel like, you know, I mean, it's not, it's, it's not about, I'm trying to find the way I want to say it right once because I've said it. I don't know if there is. I mean, I think that's the, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Wrong. Like a few times kind of right at least half and half uh-huh. i'm trying to say it one time good which is i i think that it's instructive and helpful to try to view your child objectively at least once a year you know mm-hmm. and just to, oh that's my kid you know right. like i remember i remember 
debating or, or talking to Elise about parents who are blind to their children. And I was like, how do you, how do you have parental blindness? I mean, you know, if, if I saw Indy do something wrong, I would, I would resp- I'd have no problem. Mm-hmm. I'd have no problem if I get called into a principal's office and they're like, your son, like, did something wrong. My first response wouldn't be, how dare you? Mm-hmm. You know, it would be, what did he do? Like, right. exp- like explain it. I, I am not putting it out of the realm of possibility that he did yeah. something wrong. So uh, I was talking, I was like, how do, how do parents get whatever? And we were at a play place. And I look up right after, as I'm talking about this, and I look at my son and he's at the top of a slide that's in some kind of like dinosaur mm-hmm. thing. And Elise and I both look at him right at a moment that he reaches over and like hugs a kid. I was like, oh, look, he's hugging a kid. And, she, and, and Elise is like, he just hit that kid. I was like, what? <laughs> and she's like, yeah, he just hit him. And she like jumped up and like mm-hmm. went and talked to Indy about it. And like he was just kind of talking, but he was like, yeah, yeah he won't go down the sli- slide. So he's like trying to push this kid like down the slide, mm-hmm. you know? I saw a hug. Like, I swear to this day in court, right. I will say I saw him hug the kid. Uh-huh. And Elise saw him hit the kid. So, like, it, it's just a natural state that I think that uh-huh. we all exist in. in sure. Some way. But, I mean, if he then says, yeah, I hit that kid, I think the issue probably lies with you. <laughs> well, yeah. No, it's like, and I, I, was, I was quick to be like, oh, my goodness. Sure, like, sure, he needs yeah. to, like, yeah, you don't push. Like, like yeah. we, we then, like parented him and told him like what mm-hmm. not to do. And, and so like, yeah, but, but I mean, like, I, I think that it's instructive to be like, you know what? Like my kid is a kid. Well, exactly. And that's okay. Exactly. There I we go. Think, mm. Exactly. I think I did it. That's the point is that regardless, that is pretty normal behavior for an eight year old, right? No matter whose eight year old it is. Well, this is when he was like three. Well, three. Okay. Whatever. Um, I, I, yeah, him getting impatient at a slide, actually, I would be a little alarmed at eight. Like, <laughs> sure. Yeah. You've been down the slide yeah. a bunch of times. You know right. it's not that you great. You know how this works. This is not that, <laughs> that, that great of an experience. You've been doing this more or less for the past five years. Right. Um, yeah, I think, I think for me, it's more, it's, it's, it, my default is the, is the, is the sort of like lazy man's approach where I'm just like, they're toddlers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, and that's not to be like, I'm just going to ignore it. But at the same time, it's kind of like, uh, what, what did we just had something happen? I can't remember. But pretty much my answer to anything that my girls do at this point, that's frustrating or when they're not listening or it's like, you ask them to put their shoes on five times and they're still just playing the whole time. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, well, they're they're toddlers. They're three yeah. or four years old. It's like, what do you expect? Um, and for me, it's kind of like that that's not a way to like excuse what they're doing and to just be like, yeah, just let them play for the next 30 minutes. Like, no, obviously mm-hmm. they need to put their shoes on, but it's not going to frustrate me or I, and I'm not going to be. I'm not going to have like a concern about them not being able to hear properly or follow directions properly because they're just toddlers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And, and so to me, like the impetus more or less lies on me. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to be confused or frustrated by my girl's 
wanting to snack all day long and then not wanting to eat their dinner because I eat snacks all day long. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, so of course that's what they're going to do. Right. So it's like, if I want them to, to clean up, then I need to clean up myself. I need to be picking up after myself. And for me, the, the best example of this is me and my mom. My mom is a complete neat freak, right? Just like her number one priority at any given moment is being clean mm -hmm. and like making sure everything is picked up. And I was never that way at all. Like I never picked up that for myself. Even in college, our dorm room was like infamously oh, yeah. disgusting. But then just whatever happened when I started living on my own and now I'm just like, I pick up after myself all the time. Mm -hmm. And my parents were never like super sticklers for that stuff, but they themselves were constantly picking up after themselves and picking up after me. So I feel like, yeah, a lot of that stuff I just, and at some point I guess it has to stop, although it is kind of convenient in that you can just be like, yeah, well, he's 16 years old. Well, that's what a 16 year old does you know right I mean? and i f but i feel like i guess i just have this confidence whether it's warranted or not that as long as i'm doing the right thing and yeah. i'm demonstrating the right thing for them and i am sort of like gently and um sort of uh i guess like comfortably putting them pushing them in that direction not being like overbearing about it they'll be fine yeah i they, think they wouldn't have any other reason but to sort of follow that i guess yeah i think that we you know we don't ask for money on this podcast <laughs> but i think if people want to support uh, i think you and i could co-author a book <laughs> and it, it would be called your kid is a kid and that's okay. Right. And you're an adult. So act like it. Right. And that to me is like as close as you can get to a holistic view of parenting as you're going to find with Dr. Spock and, you know, like all these other people who are out there trying to lay out a holistic, you know, kind of approach for parenting. Mm -hmm. It's just like, yeah, man, kid. It's a kid, yeah. you know, they're, they're not going to pick up on their own. They're not going to like not snack. Like you said, they're going to imitate your behavior and they're going to keep doing their behavior without thinking about it. Right. He, he, he will watch YouTube videos all day long. Maybe not even because he likes it just because they just keep auto playing. Right. Yeah. And, 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 and I would say like, like even if they, there are just some things, I don't know, just every, everybody's different, I guess. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Like, like Sophia is happy like 99% of the time and like happy doesn't even do it justice. She's like over the moon excited she, for She's everything. like the lady greeting me right? at the end of exactly, the day. Exactly, right. And then Charlotte is like, she's getting, she's, she's getting, she's changing now. But for a while, she was the opposite, where she was just like quiet and kept to herself and kind of grumpy all the time. Mm -hmm. And it's just it's like, that's just how they are, I guess. Like, I, I just don't, I, I don't see the point in worrying about it. Just because, like I said, they're just, I don't know, especially at this point, because like they're three or four years old, like they're definitely just 
doing whatever feels most natural to them. You right. know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. there's not any sort of subconscious or sort of like manipulative feelings going underneath that. I mean, maybe Sophia's starting to get that a, a little bit, but for the most part, that is pure Charlotte <laughs> and pure Sophia. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> so yeah, I guess I just, for the most part, I just write everything. I don't write everything off, but I justify not worrying about stuff by just thinking like, yeah, they're just kids. Yeah. They're just doing whatever. Right. And I guess you can apply that even to like whatever age. They're just doing whatever, you know. And maybe that's, maybe that's what it is. Like being 34 years old and not remembering every, everything that happens in my life. I can be confused at like why I do things sometimes. But like when Sophia's 18 years old and she does something, I will probably be like, oh yeah, she used to do, or like, yeah, that's because every single time she did this when she was like three to seven years old, I reacted this way. So now mm-hmm. she has some kind of weird complex or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>